Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And it's 1233 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Dave Campbell with you. We'll tell you that some guests in Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Brendan Connolly, Rebecca, and the staff down at Roos Chris, they'll take care of you. Reminder every night is, uh, <laughs> every night at Roos Chris is date night in one way or the other, but Wednesday night in particular, where two can dine for $120 down at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Craig Simpson joins us right now from NHL Hockey in uh, on Rogers. He is in Nashville. Craig, how are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good. Looking forward to tonight? Yeah. Yeah. I think any time you get to uh, a Game 7, and especially a Game 7 that will get you to the Conference Final, is, uh, is pretty exciting. So I think coming in, everybody was touting how our system puts number one in the league against number two in the second round. So I guess it's fitting that they are really uh, such an even teams back and forth. Uh, no teams won two in a row. So uh, see if somebody can break that trend tonight. You know, it's it, to me, it's you got these two terrific teams, but the games have been a little, certainly the last three games have been oddly lopsided, don't you think? Yep. No, I think it, for sure it's all been about adjusting to uh, a loss and maybe changing the way you play a little bit. I don't, I'm not sure that you could say that one team has, you know, throughout the whole series had a dominance in a certain area over the other. It's almost been, you know, both top lines have uh, dominated a couple of games and had big nights to allow their team to win. Uh, you've seen, you know, some not great goaltending and then some good goaltending performances. So, I mean, that's kind of the crapshoot that you get to uh, uh, with a game seven, too. Uh, which team will show up? Which team will be able to play their game? And uh, quite frankly, I think the uh, the way Nashville's played on the road has been a little bit better suited to handling the strengths of Winnipeg. So it'll be interesting if they can play that really solid defensive game in the neutral zone that they basically have for two out of the three games in Winnipeg. What has surprised you the most in the series so far? Uh, I think probably the, the goaltending a little bit. Like, uh, you know, it's almost back to our 80s, early 90s days where you know, they are two of the best scoring teams, but you know, typically we haven't seen that translate into playoffs. And all of a sudden, you know, we've had a couple of low scoring, the 2-1 game, and uh, a couple of empty net goals, but for the for the most part, you've got two of the three Vesna finalists, and both teams have been able to find ways to score on them. So to me, it's a little bit of a throwback that way. Craig, do you think? And you've got some personal experience speaking to this. Do you think the extra day, instead of you know Winnipeg losing Game Six uh, on Monday night, yeah. how, does it matter that the game is Thursday instead of Wednesday? And I, maybe you can relate it to your own personal experience. Yeah, I think it probably, I'm not sure if it really helps you if you lost or helps you if you won. 
I, I think now, though, the uh, you know this is uh, a time where an extra day from a physical standpoint will definitely help. I, I think it'll bring a fresher game. It'll allow you maybe to have a little better pace or a little better energy. So I, I think from everybody, as you know, Bob, everybody covering the Dart Series just wants it to get going so we can move on and not be on the road for the day off. But I think from a player's perspective, you're always – you know, chop a bit to get going, but that extra day of rest and, and just get a little bit of energy built up should make for a better Game 7 anyway. Uh, Benino has played five Game 7s in his career. Hendricks and Statsny each have played three. What is that experience in Game 7? Uh, is it is it a different game? It, it is, it's a different game because you... Uh, you know, there's a finality to it. Everyone always says the hardest one to win is the fourth one. Well, typically it's because your opponent, too, has really nothing to lose and probably plays a little bit more desperate, a little bit more aggressive because they're facing elimination. When both teams are facing elimination, it's a little more difficult to, to play that same you know, way and not think about the result as opposed to how you have to play. So... I just think the it's how you handle something going wrong to me is uh, is the most important, and we've seen that in this series. Seen a couple of you know quick goals to turn a game around, or a bad goal, or a bad break. And I think some of that experience, if you've been through it before, uh, as a as a coach, you always talk to the players. Don't don't dream or worry about the outcome. Uh, think about how you play your best and what it means to play your best, and just. Try to focus on that. Do the things that allow you the best chance to have success. Courtesy of Sportsnet Stats, team to score first in Game 7s, 126 and 44, home team, 100 to 70. A thought on those two numbers. Yeah, you know what? It, it is important. And I, I've seen it even in this series. You know, really, the. Uh, uh, the first goal has really dictated how things. I mean, Winnipeg was able to win one game in this series when they didn't score first, and and that was their big comeback game on home ice. But for the most part, uh, I just think with teams that are so evenly matched and uh, you are playing a little bit of a matchup game, so you don't want to get exposed, when you get that first goal, whether you're on the road and it all of a sudden takes the crowd out of it, takes the energy out of their building, or vice versa if you're at home and you can get the crowd pumped up. It just allows you to, to in, instill your systems a little bit better, to be confident about how you're playing. And uh, just the fact that you're chasing the game now, I think, is always uh, the most difficult. I go, I go back to 06 in the Stanley Cup final. You know, they scored a minute 27 seconds in uh, from Aaron Ward, who never scores. And I, I just remember on the bench about five minutes in, Guys were really not panicking, but it's almost like you got to get the game back right now. And you know, the message is we got lots of time. Let's just not turn one bad thing into all of a sudden being down two or three nothing. And then that's the danger that you have when you give up that first goal. I'm just trying to think back in your career here, Craig. So uh, you came to the Oilers uh, for the '87-'88. Uh, uh, none of the Oilers. Yeah, three, three games. Seven. Right, the- uh, L.A., uh, Winnipeg, and. The last one is in Los Angeles. So I lo- we lost one, the Los Angeles one, when we had a three-one lead. Right, lost Game Seven in LA, uh, but the other two we had a three-one deficit in nineteen ninety to Winnipeg, and then uh, you know the, the most notable one was in ninety-one, getting down three nothing yeah. in the first period and, and being able to 
survive it and come back and win in overtime. Yeah, uh, ticket in, right? I think we discussed this before. Scored yeah. from another time zone, right? And that kind of got you back in it. And uh, and there are there are wild swings. And then, of course, during the 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 playoff run, I mean, what I recall, you guys won Game Five in OT. Uh, on the Pisani goal, came back to Edmonton, and you—I mean—you destroyed them in Game Six. It was yeah, cl- probably played our best game. Right, uh, you, you won four nothing. Do you know what I remember, Craig? I remember the morning skates on on, on the final game, and you, you, your group was fairly loose, as I recall, and theirs was not. They, they were—you couldn't hear. Uh, a mouse on the ice, man. It was un. Yeah. It was so quiet. But as you mentioned, you got a good start. And it's an entirely different game. Craig Simpson. Yeah, and I would go tonight. I, I look at you know the I go back to game one here where where the Jets were just able to take the crowd route out of it. It was really shocking after having been here at the Stanley Cup final and you know seeing the energy. It was they did a masterful job. And if I'm the Jets now, it's you know you have to have patience but it's also that first goal is going to be really important to to just set up your game plan for the for the remainder of the game yeah i, I mean it's 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 interesting because um uh, a quick update here spoiler alert Connor mcdavid has scored a second goal of the game and it's just unbelievable against norway just walk two guys <laughs> on the goal uh not fair uh mcdavid against norway uh, but it, it's been it's been a it's been a peculiar series for me because the Jets and, the, and their lack of success, Craig, on the power play in game number six. I mean, okay, they give up the unlucky goal. It's a fluky goal. Good play yep. by Arvidsson, right? I mean, he's in the right spot, but three straight yep. power plays, and I didn't get the sense there was any urgency on those power plays. No, and and it was all about the entry, wasn't it? Like, they, they really became very frustrated. I thought became a little individual trying to beat, you know, there's only four guys on the ice, and too often there ended up being one one jet trying to beat three and you know that's the exact opposite of what you try to achieve in getting your setup and getting to the loose pucks and getting started so i I don't think there's any question when you not only when you get three power plays you got six out of the first 20 minutes of hockey that you're on special teams it, it takes the flow out of your game it takes the rest of the players who don't play that out of the mix and gets you really frustrated and I, I thought that was a big part and part of it I, I do credit Nashville was very aggressive they stood up at the line they clogged up the neutral zone and they just didn't allow any time to get that set up and get the shot uh, selection that they wanted yeah Craig Simpson joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers Craig Washington knocks off Pittsburgh it is I mean it, it's remarkable that in this day and age with salary cap and those sort of things that uh, Pittsburgh even was in a, a position to go for a three-peat. So kudos to the Capitals for getting it done. But also, I mean, I think you got to tip your hat to how good Pittsburgh's been. Yeah, it's a, it's a, such a tough journey. And to, you know, be doing it and get to the second round again in the third uh, in the third year and trying to get there, I, I think that they've, you know, it's a disappointment for them, but I don't think it's an underachievement. And on the flip side, you know, I go back to... Uh, 2011 doing the Vancouver Canucks uh, run to the Stanley Cup final and you know they finally beat uh, uh, beat a couple of guys you know beat Chicago they beat uh, San Jose and it's almost like you have to get over those hurdles at some point and for the Capitals I was thinking in game six there and they're in overtime you know how many disappointments have the Capitals have in game seven I think they've lost four game sevens on home ice even and so to to not win that game and have to go back and try to win a game seven at home would have been 
no, no, here we go again. So that's a pretty big accomplishment for uh, the Capitals and maybe a step that it'll show that this is their chance to, to push themselves over that hurdle. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, Craig Simpson, Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. Craig, I'm going to switch focus to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the Oilers have the 10th overall pick. Would, yep. you, would you contemplate trading that pick for some immediate help? Or is it completely dependent upon the caliber of the aforementioned help? Well, you know what, and I and I, I will say, uh, I'll, I'll say this, you know, I have not spent time on the prospects coming up uh, right. with the Stanley Cup Finals on the horizon, so I, I don't really have a feel if you're saying, is it at the 10th pick, are you getting a bona fide positional player that will really be an impactful one? I mean, you, you obviously don't know for a couple of years anyway, right. but in terms of that, I, I don't have the knowledge of that. Uh, I think I would be at the stage that you are with the young players that you have, uh, if if you look to package something that would not give you an older player, obviously, but another mid-range 20 player that could be impactful and fills the need, I, I think you've got to be open to keeping it in play. I, I don't think there's any reason to say that um, I'd go into the draft knowing, no, I'm not even going to contemplate trading this pick. Uh, I, I think there, there's probably going to be teams that partly for salary, partly for you know, uh, rebuild or whatever that that might be in a position to say uh, a player of caliber and add something else to get a good player that fits. I, I'd be open to it for sure. Craig Simpson joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Craig, and I'm not saying that you move the pick for this player, Justin Falk, but what are your thoughts on him? You know what? It's it's hard to say what a player. You know, you look at other players on other teams, and I always felt. As a coach, and I know talking to managers, you always have to be worried about uh, players from other teams. You, you know, you always covet what you don't have. Right. And when you don't have them and deal with them every day, you don't see their faults uh, nearly as much. So I've often said one of the hardest tasks of, of a coach or a manager is managing how you feel about your own players as opposed to what you see about others. Because often you, you see all the negative of your own because you watch them so much and you interact. So... Um, I'm always a little cautious. I, I think opportunity always lends itself. If you're a player that you know has good skills and a good skill set, then you go to a new team and you get a new outlook and you get a new group, I, I think you can sometimes fit right in. I, I think he's a mobile guy. Um, you know, the challenge is saying some of these younger guys who grow up to be great players aren't the great player that you see now in year one or two or three. Uh, you, you know, there's there's always uh, a, a development time that you worry about, and I think that's probably the hardest thing in making a deal is saying, you know, if you make an impactful deal for, let's say, a defenseman, and he doesn't come in right away and knock it out of the park, you know, that's where the criticism always comes. And it sometimes takes a little while for those players in that position to find their niche with a new team and uh, find how, how things come together. Do you think, and I'm going to throw a total curveball at you here, do you think Max Pacioretty will be with Montreal Canadiens at the start of next year, or do you think he gets moved in the off season? Uh, you know what? My gut would probably say he gets moved. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that there's a you know a workable deal there. There's a dilemma. I think. I think partly just watching the Montreal scenario, I, I think it's one of those situations that for all parties it would probably be you know maybe the time to make a move. But if I'm uh, Mark Bergevin, too, that's a difficulty. I mean, with the exception of this year, he's been 
you know, five-time 30-goal scorer and uh, their leading scorer for four of the last five years, it's you better be able to get something back of value. And, and that's one where, you know, everybody around the league is probably looking and saying they're, they're not going to give you anything for free on that one because they know you're in a bit of a jam. But uh, I, I'd say if you ask me to throw down a bet now, I'd say he's probably not going to do that. All right, Craig, I'm going to ask you to throw down a bet on tonight's game, and I know you don't bet, but uh, and I'll give you my thoughts. I want the Jets to win, but I think Nashville's going to win. Who do you think's going to win? Yeah, you know what? Um, I'm going to go with the Jets. Uh, really? I, I, just, I, I think they're the better team all around. I think they're the more dangerous team, and it'll be interesting to me. I, I, I think what I was mentioning earlier uh, Nashville's been able to play a more uh, pedestrian, boring game in Winnipeg that just was really stifling defensively. I, I'm not sure they can play that style at home. And just for some reason in this building, it gets the game cranked up a little bit. And uh, I think this is a, this is one of those games that I think Winnipeg's going to find a way to win. I'll be interested to see who sings the anthem. It's got to be a little bit better. Than yeah, the, the, I haven't heard, so I, the, I have no scoop on that one. There we go. Hey, Craig, as always, thanks for your time. All right, Bob, take care. Take care. That's Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's 1250 in Edmonton. Uh, when we come back in orders now, we'll uh, get to a couple texts on our Westlock 4 text line at 630-630. And we'll hear from Dylan Gunther. He's the Oilers' first round, or the Oilers, the Oil Kings' first round pick, first overall pick in the 2018 WHL Bantam. Well, who knows? Maybe it might be the Oilers' first round pick in four years from now. But we'll hear from Dylan Gunther when we come back in orders now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Ryan Newton, Hopkins, Connor McDavid, Team Canada up 3 nothing over Norway through one period at the World Hockey Championship. Bob Stoffer with you. This is Oilers Now. McDavid with two goals. Tell you that uh, we'll let you know that if you're looking for a fun destination this year, take the kids to Disneyland. The happiest place on earth. I saw Dennis and Jason Laliberti yesterday. I told them it is the happiest place on earth for the kids. Fabulous, fun, great food. Hey, it's about the kids, man. Let's face it. If you're a parent, it's all about your children. That's You know, when I was a kid, we were seen and not heard. But today, today the kids run the show. Uh, fabulous, fun, great food, warm weather. Book now with New West Travel called Disneyland. California package includes... Non-stop airfare, four-star hotel for seven nights, five-day attractions pass for reservations to Disneyland. Call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or book online at newwesttravel.com. Dave, I'm getting uh, some text coming in about our Camrose comments, so oh, let's yeah. get to that. Uh, this text, though, says, Bob, not sure who the best player ever out of Camrose was, but I can tell you who the best SID of the U of A was. Need a hint? He may or may not have played for the Southside Athletic Club, and I heard he planted trees somewhere in B.C. 
That's from Topher. <laughs> I, I may have sounds heard, familiar. I uh, I may I may have heard of that guy. I don't know who that guy is. Matt Gooch, the best SID out of the uh, universe. Dan Carl, I don't know. Chantal Baudouin. No, I don't know. I don't know. Here we know. You can text us. Uh, best player out of uh, Camrose, Bob, Josh Green, Josh Green, Tyler Bauk, who played on the Canadian World Junior Team in 1999. That was not a very good Canadian World Junior Team. They had a really good goalie, though, that year in Winnipeg. Luongo. Roof. There you go. Nice work. Nice they finished. Work. Uh, they lost in overtime, I believe. Focus Bob from Hockey Howie. Well, thanks, Hockey Howie. How are you doing? Uh, Joel Colburn and Mason Raymond are honorable mentions out of Camrose. Well, they played for the Kodiaks, yeah. but neither guy is from uh, Camrose, right? But he is correct. Though Those are the two, like, to have played in Camrose. Man, Joel Colburn's career went... That that's a sign of how the game changed, right? And yep. for the record, uh, Colorado signed Joel Colburn to a two-year deal of two point five million. Guess who was in there pitching on Joel Colburn? The Edmonton Oilers at that time. Ah. Uh, this text comes in from uh, the Oilers GM. That's his handle. He says, Bob, I know you have inside knowledge of Oilers trades, even though you might deny it. Uh, it satisfies me when you squash the Carolina deal. That is scary. It also scares me when you mention the 10th overall for Ryan Ellis. Thanks, Oilers GM. Well, I do not have uh, inside info all the time on uh, trades. I just cannot see. I know the owners value yes to Paul Yarby. This, again, this e- or tweet this individual sent to me said, a friend of some guy, and, and, and nothing got out of Carolina for years under Ron Francis, but he's saying that the owners had offered the 10th overall in Paul Yarby for Falk, and I'm like, yeah, it's like a skit on ESPN right on Mondays. Come on, man! It was one of like, not even close. <laughs> that is not happening. In, so. the, in the media biz, that's called chasing ghosts. Chasing ghosts? There mm-hmm. you go. Well, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk to Gil Scott, longtime agent, reps uh, NFL, CFL players, as well as uh, CFL general managers and NHL head coaches and GMs. He's worked with a lot of guys over the year. He's a pretty entertaining fellow. Gil Scott coming up after a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.